Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Friday of the 12th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, that we may always revere and love your holy name. For you never deprive of your guidance those you set firm on the foundation of your love. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the second book of the Kings. In the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came with his whole army to attack Jerusalem. He pitched camp in front of the city and threw up earthworks around it. The city lay under siege till the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. In the fourth month, on the ninth day of the month, when famine was raging in the city and there was no food for the populace, a breach was made in the city wall. At once, the king made his escape under cover of dark, with all the fighting men by way of the gate between the two walls, which is near the king's garden. The Chaldeans had surrounded the city and made his way toward the Arabah. The Chaldean troops pursued the king and caught up with him in the plains of Jericho, where all his troops were deserted. The Chaldeans captured the king and took him to the king of Babylon at Riblah who passed sentence on him. He had the sons of Zedekiah slaughtered before his eyes, then put out Zedekiah's eyes, and loading him with chains, carried him off to Babylon. In the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, it was in the nineteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, a commander of the guard, an officer of the king of Babylon, entered Jerusalem. He burnt down the temple of the Lord, the royal palace, and all the houses in Jerusalem. The Chaldean troops who accompanied the commander of the guard demolished the walls surrounding Jerusalem. Nebuzaradan, commander of the guard, deported the remainder of the population left behind in the city, the deserters who had gone over the king of Babylon and the rest of the common people. The commander of the guard left some of the humbler country people as vineyard workers and ploughmen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
O let my tongue cleave to my mouth if I remember you not. O let my tongue cleave to my mouth if I remember you not. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat and wept, remembering Zion, on the poplars that grew there. We hung up our harps. O let my tongue cleave to my mouth if I remember you not. For it was there that they asked us, our captors, for songs, our oppressors for joy. Sing to us, they said, one of Zion's songs. O let my tongue cleave to my mouth if I remember you not. Oh, how could we sing the song of the Lord on alien soil? If I forget you, Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. Oh, let my tongue cleave to my mouth if I remember you not. Oh, let my tongue cleave to my mouth if I remember you not. If I prize not Jerusalem above all my joys. Oh, let my tongue cleave to my mouth if I remember you not. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord is faithful in all his words and loving in all his deeds. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus had come down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. A leper now came up and bowed low in front of him. Sir, he said, if you want to, you can cure me. Jesus stretched out his hand, touched him and said, of course I want to, be cured. And his leprosy was cured at once. Then Jesus said to him, Mind you do not tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and make the offering prescribed by Moses as evidence for them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now let me start out by saying that this leper, he's a class act. He comes up to Jesus, bows low in front of him and says, Sir, If you want to, you can cure me. At last, someone who approaches Jesus with a bit of decorum. There's a quiet, faithful sort of dignity about him. But it's such a short encounter. um, And it's got a few details in there that that I think we we just need to put a little bit of flesh on the bones first. and, And then this passage really starts to sing to us. We start off by hearing that Jesus is coming down the mountains with a large crowd following him. Now, of course, he's just finished the Sermon on the Mount. You know, a couple of chapters earlier, Matthew 5, it starts out by Jesus ascending the mountain and then beginning this great sermon. Now, everything about this circumstance is to remind us of the book of Exodus The moment when Moses, going up the mountain, encounters God, hears his voice, receives the law, and then comes down to the people gathered at the foot of the mountain in order to give them the law of God. Now, Jesus, of course, climbs the mountain, but he doesn't go alone. Where Moses left the people at the base of the mountain, Jesus draws them up. And where Moses gave the law of God, Jesus now recasts the law in his own voice. Remember the antitheses that he was saying before? You've heard how it was said, but I say to you, you know, we have this great picture now of Jesus being a new Moses and being so much more than Moses. 
because now he speaks with his own voice and he speaks directly to the people who are on the mountain of encounter with God because Jesus is speaking to them. Right. Having seen that, Jesus now comes down from the mountain with a large crowd following him. And fair enough, right? He had a large crowd listening to him, and now he has this same crowd now following him down the mountain. And this encounter with the leper happens immediately after the proclamation of the Sermon on the Mount, this this new law of love. And this leper approaches Jesus. Now, Now, for starters, do you get the sense that Jesus is a bit of a magnet? The crowds are following him. He's attracting the poor, the sick, the lame, the blind, and he's attracting this leper. They're all coming to Jesus. And in a very suggestive action, this leper now bows low in front of him. Now, this was a gesture that was referred to those in power, to, to kings, to those to whom one wished to pledge obedience and allegiance. and But for the Jews, they, they didn't like this sort of stuff um, because there was only one who, who truly commanded our obedience, and that was God. And so for this leper now to come up and to bow low in front of Jesus is already very suggestive that this new Moses who has drawn the people up the mountain of encounter with God and there has taught God's law in his own voice is actually the presence of God among his people. And so he comes, he bows low. Now, our translation in the lectionary says that the, the leper refers to Jesus as sir, but uh, in the Greek, it's, it's kurios, it's, it's lord. Just like we say kyrie eleison, lord have mercy. And so we see that the leper comes to the Lord Jesus with faith. He says, if you want to, you can cure me. If you want to, if it's your will, you have the power. Now there's humble faith. Lord, the power is yours, but thy will be done. Gee, isn't that the pattern for prayer? Isn't that exactly what Jesus teaches his disciples to pray when he tells them the Our Father? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. This leper's got it just right. But there's a level of expectation that's here too, you know. The leper's coming to the Lord Jesus with a great expectation that he's going to receive this great healing. And why wouldn't he? If he's heard Jesus preach this Sermon on the Mount, if he's heard Jesus proclaim, Blessed are the merciful, and if he's heard Jesus praise those who don't just listen to the word of God but put it into practice, then surely when he turns to the Lord Jesus and implores his mercy, that that's exactly what Jesus is going to do. He's going to put his word into practice and he's going to show him mercy. Now take a second to reflect on the boldness of this leper, right? Because according to the law of Moses, what he needed to do if he was in public company as a leper was he needed to yell out unclean, unclean as a warning to all those around him so that they wouldn't come in contact with him. I mean, a leper in the time of Christ was worse than someone coughing and sneezing during a coronavirus pandemic. This leper doesn't just come to Jesus proclaiming his uncleanness. 
his impurity. He comes with faith. He comes with hope. He comes with expectation that in this encounter with Jesus, Christ will perform something truly transformative because he is Lord and he is merciful. So let's add that to the list. Humble, faithful, hopeful. Pray like that to Jesus. He's bringing the law and the prophets to fulfillment. He's bringing a perfection of the law. But unlike Moses, Jesus now comes down the mountain with power. He doesn't just come with the commandments of what needs to be done. He comes with his healing touch in order to strengthen and to restore humanity in order to take up this new law of love. You see, Jesus, he's not just a sage. He's not just, you know, a Mr. Miyagi who's giving, you know, pithy platitudes to give us a few pointers on how to get through life. No, he not only is a teacher, but he's a doctor. He's the one who comes with power. Lord, if you want to, you can cure me. You can cleanse me. You can strengthen me. You can restore me. And here we can see why Jesus himself is the magnet we don't turn to the, to the words that Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount and go, okay, well, now that we've got his words down, we know the essence and, you know, we can throw the person Jesus out because, you know, what really counts are his teachings. No, 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 no. What really counts is Jesus himself. That just as the crowds follow him, just as the leper seeks him out, We turn to him, not just in order to receive his wisdom, we turn to him in order to receive his healing touch. Why? Because he's God's presence among us. Our problem isn't just that, you know, we need to straighten out our minds and, you know, get a few new teachings into our brains. Our problem is that we need healing. And Jesus comes not just with his word, he comes with his power and he reaches out And he touches that which needs healing. He touches the leper's skin. The very thing he was told to cover, to conceal. The very thing that was thought to be contagious and that would spread. When it's touched by Jesus, it's healed. Now let's face it, um, you know, if, if we spend a... A couple of minutes of self-reflection, we, we, we find a few diseased spots in our lives. And some of them particularly, we, we might be more inclined to warn Jesus away from, you know, to conceal it and say, well, well, nothing to see here, Lord. But let's allow us to be drawn to Jesus, the magnet. Let's uncover what needs healing. And let's turn to him with the same confidence and faith that the leper does. Lord, if you want to, you can heal me. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.